I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin. Joining me always, Blake Harrison. Hello, mate. Hello, sir. How are you doing? I'm not bad. I'm not bad. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm nearly recovered from a, a very, very full-on sort of two or three days of uh, oh yeah of, of of MMA madness and so so much to talk about. And um, we realised that this. This post-UFC uh, London Fight Night um, episode's come a little bit late, but um, but it's here all the same. But you're going to get two episodes this week. You're going to get that, and then you're going to get a pre-UFC uh, 291. Um, well, look, before we get onto the card, should we just kind of talk a little bit about, I guess, how lucky we were really last week. We got to do yeah. some really fun things, didn't we? Yeah, we had a really great time. So we did, uh, as usual, we, we got our nice kind of media accreditation. Thank you to everyone at the UFC for that. And mm-hmm. we did our uh, media day questions, which we put out on the socials, which was really good fun. Uh, then the next day, I did the um, the weigh-ins. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Stu, Stu uh, was, was busy, so I had to do the weigh-ins on my own. And then as I waited for you, because we then got to do an amazing interview that we'll talk about yeah. now, if you're not already aware of it. As I waited for you, I popped into Pret to uh, to grab a quick sandwich. And lo and behold, uh, Nathaniel Wood walks in. So I had a lovely, lovely chat with Nathaniel Wood. Obviously, he was uh, uh, finished his weight cut and everything by then. He, he'd weighed in. He was all fine uh, and feeling good and looking good. And uh, yeah, we had a lovely little chat about a few things in the lead up to uh, to the fight, which was an absolute cracker against uh, mm. Andre Feely. And then um, we met up for a, a lovely interview. Do you want to tell the, the people who we interviewed if they're not aware of it already? It's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. Like, it, it was surreal. It was absolutely surreal. And I mean, what's quite interesting about that episode, and I'm sure we'll, we'll even mention it at the beginning of that episode if we do a, a, a separate intro. I don't think we will. I don't know if we will, actually. Um, but um, it was the first time that me and you had actually been in the same room to record, which yes. feels mad because whenever we meet up, it's generally for an event, not for a podcast. Yep. So yep. Uh, all of these podcasts are recorded remotely um, over Zoom. So it was... Uh, 
it was really nice to, to to not just be in a room with you, but to be joined in that room by Bruce Buffer. And and it wasn't a kind of quick thing. It was like you've got all the time in the world. Just ask away. Oh. Bruce is 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 here. And and I mean, I don't want to say too much because I want people to go and check the episode out. But they're in for a treat, aren't they? It genuinely was incredible. We got to sit down with him for like well over an hour. It was like a good hour and 20 minutes or more. And uh, he's got stories for days. Mm, like, And they're all great. They're all great. How he became the UFC announcer, an altercation with a fighter. Um, mm. the, the amazing story about his brother, the legendary Michael Buffer, who who started Let's Get Ready to Rumble. Like... You know, I don't want as you say. I don't want to give too much away because I really want the uh, the fans of this to go and listen to that and just be. I mean, he's just a great guy. Does he just like exudes kind of positivity and drive and ambition? Mm. And he's quite, I think, an inspiring guy to kind of be around. It made us walk out of there going, "Oh man, I feel like I'm ready to kind of take yeah. on the world a little bit." And no wonder the fighters love him so much. Getting announced by that man when you're about to go into one of the biggest moments of your entire life. That yeah. is going to leave you with some energy, you know. So, um, so yeah, phenomenal chat with, with Bruce. As I say, so many fantastic stories. I could have chatted to him for three hours. Mm. Uh, and, hope, and, and as you say, the other great thing is we were there in person with him. We were there in person. Mm. It wasn't over Zoom. We were there together having a bit of banter, and, and Bruce was over the table uh, having a, a chat with us. It, was, it all was fantastic. So I, I would love to be able to do more of those kind of in-person interviews. It just, it felt really, really great. And uh, fingers crossed we'll get it done and, and everyone will uh, will love what we've come up with at the end with the edit. Absolutely. And what we should say is as well, it was filmed uh, in, uh, professionally as well. Uh, so if you don't uh, watch us on YouTube, uh, I, I would suggest maybe you go and give this one a little look um, over on YouTube because it's going to be looking the tits it's because it's all been filmed uh in this in this studio so um yeah you're gonna get to see uh, a real a, a real special little episode there and i mean don't get me wrong if you're happy to listen to the podcast it's gonna sound incredible as well because it was in a really really plush studio so yeah we just wanted to kind of just give you a little heads up that we got to sit with buffer i mean when we walked out of there i know you said he, he used positivity in that we were like a couple of excited kids. The minute that door we shut and we got outside that studio, we was high-fiving each other, just going, holy shit, we just sat in Bruce Buffer for like an hour and a half. It was amazing. Um, and not, it was actually also to do with his, like part of his Cologne launch, wasn't it? The It's yeah, Time yeah, yeah. Cologne launch. And I'm not just saying this. We are not like sponsored by them or anything. When mm. we went in there, I was thinking to myself, It's Time Cologne, Bruce Buffer's Cologne is... Is that going to be like, is that going to be any good? Like, is it just sort of a gimmicky type thing or whatever? But they've done all the research and they've done it all properly and all that kind of stuff. And genuinely, it smells good. Like, I, yeah. I was putting it on the other day and my wife was like, oh, what are you wearing? That smells like. So I was like, babes, that's the it's time from the, the Bruce Buffer. You shouldn't Buffer say it she like that. You should go. Liked it. It's, it's time by Bruce Buffer. <laughs> uh, you've got to say it. If you're talking about cologne, you can't just go, oh, yeah, it's that one. It's Time by Bruce Buffer. Sounds better in my headphones than it probably does to you. No, it sounded pretty good. I enjoyed it. But, Thanks, uh, but no, it is my actually it's, it's, voice. it's very good. It's very good. Mm. But um, shall we crack on Get with on to uh, it. the actual event? UFC London mm. is in the books. Um, 
We had good seats, didn't we? We had great seats. We were incredibly fortunate, again, doing the work that we do, incredibly fortunate to be cage-side. Both of us, we were living the dream mm. because every other event, one of us has been in the media room, locked away, and the other one has been cage-side. This time, we were both lucky enough to get the old cage-side seats, which was incredible. Um, Mental, but brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, and and I I loved it. There was moments in that card that were absolutely fantastic. But to look at the card overall, and from a fan's perspective, because we have had fans reach out to us talking about the price of tickets, uh, the card itself, all these kind of things. Um, I think it's fair to say that the card as a whole and the reaction from the crowd was probably the more muted, kind of lesser exciting kind of audience response and and crowd than what we've had since the kind of post-pandemic UFC London era. I mean, I don't think it's fair to compare it to the March card because that was a pay-per-view. We had genuine stars on that card, not just from the UK, but from America as well. We had Belts, Usman, Gaethje, you know, we had a lot going on. So I don't think it's fair to compare it to that. But compared to the other London cards, you know, I suppose you could argue that it was lacking, obviously, your Paddy Pimblets and your Arnold Allens and stuff like that. How did you feel watching it? Did Did you notice that and did you pick up on that? Because from other things I've listened to and heard, they feel like the audience was quite muted. And London has a fantastic reputation for crowds within the UFC. They really bring it. They're incredibly noisy. That's why Dana started doing two London cards a year because of what happened in March of, what was it, uh, uh, 22, when the, the the crowd went absolutely mental. So we've we got were a there great for rep. that, and it was yeah. ridiculous. It and, was and outrageous. That, it was so good. That roar wasn't there for half of the event on Saturday, 100%. No. Yeah. Um. And to, to, to say a little bit more about what you said regarding the card, I don't think it was the best card for the casual fan. Yeah. I think as somebody that is, you know, a, a, a huge fan of, of, of mixed martial arts, I think there was lots of fights on there. Unfortunately, the first fight on, on any kind of event, is generally playing to maybe, a, a, you know, 20% of the, the arena. Well, for those that were there that didn't find themselves in the arena having beers and that outside, Philo Berez, you suckers, you missed something special. That fight to start the card was insane. But anyway, I'm sure we'll touch on some of the fights, but it did feel, even when like a lot of UK sort of fan favourites really sort of made their way to the octagon and, and was doing stuff. It, it didn't feel like the place was electric. No. However, there was, I would honestly say, and don't get me wrong, I enjoyed the whole event and I'm a big fan of a lot of the people that fought before this fight. It wasn't until Paul Craig walked yeah. in that, they turned the electric on because it felt then it come alive, like really alive. Obviously, Paul makes the ring walk, and then when he gets in the octagon, as Bruce is in, is introducing him, oh, he's man. there, absolutely there in Mooney's his face, 
and it's one of the best Bruce Buffer sort of intros ever, really. He's in the middle of it. I think he even posted yeah. the day after, this is why I do this. And oh, it was man. so intense. And I think the crowd were like, fucking come on, Paul. Yeah. And it just literally, we got told off by the UFC for clapping. Because we apparently did. in media, yeah, we we're not allowed to clap. We didn't know this. And when, like, sort of, I think it was like Lerone or, or, or Davey come out, we was like, come on, Davey, and just giving him a clap and that. And they were like, oh, you're not allowed to do that. And I was like, oh, okay. And like, for the rest of the day, we was like trying to sit on our hands because we just couldn't help it, could we? No, mate. I mean, the thing is that so there were points where it was just the end of a round. And my natural mm. thing is to clap because I think that's respect. These guys, yeah. they're putting on a show, they're putting it all on the line. Guys and girls, you know, it, uh, I feel like at the end of a round, the least we can do sat watching it is clap. And, mm. you know, I, I can sort of understand the USC's perspective on like clapping one walkout but not the other or applauding, mm-hmm. I don't know, one fighter over another. I understand it because we're in the media section. We have to be as unbiased as we possibly can. But I think clapping at the end of a round just for both fighters, I don't see what Absolutely. the problem is with that. But Absolutely. they were like, no, you can't do that. So, yeah, we were uh, like two little schoolboys being told that you're not allowed to do something. And then just out of sheer habit, every now and again, the end of a round would happen and I'd go, yeah, I'm abs- sorry. And just, just, just like, start sitting on my hands. But, uh, but it, it was really great. And as you say, Paul Craig lit a fire under the mm. O2 that night and uh, it was it was phenomenal. Well look, like let's 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 work our way through the through the card and and obviously there's far too many fights to sort of go through them all but um let's start at the top. You know, it, it's you know this is obviously Aspinall Tabura and uh and I was speaking to 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 Pip today about this, like friend yeah. of the show Mr. Scroobius Pip. Um and I said like how incredible did Tom Aspinall look? Like on on Saturday, you know, first round stoppage, like blitzed him. Like I don't think Tyber actually threw a shot. Um, and and Pitt went absolutely, but we didn't see a lot. And mm-hmm. and he sort of meant he then referenced John Jones and how we didn't really see a lot of John Jones yeah, against Cyril yeah. Uh And and it's true. And you know maybe. Um, obviously, Tom don't get paid overtime, so he, you know, he he's, he's wants to get in and out of there as quick as possible, and 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 obviously, the, the less damage he's, he's, you know, that that that's 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 a smart fighter. However, obviously, Tom's come off of, of a big injury. Mm-hmm. From what we saw, he looked like he was in top shape. He was boxing. He was on his toes. He was moving fantastically. Um, I think he did throw some kicks, didn't he? I don't. I was just um, thinking to myself. I can't remember any low kicks, but he did start off by throwing a big high kick with that's that right, right leg, yeah. uh, which I think rattled Tybora. I think obviously he blocked mm. it, but you still feel the the weight yeah. and the shock of all of that coming through you. Um, yeah, I, I would say Pip's right, and you could definitely say the same thing about John Jones after his, his Cyril Gunn fight. But what I would say with Tom, I would the big question was how the leg would fare and whether any of his athleticism would be um, would deteriorate because of what happened with his leg and the surgeries or whatever else he's had. And there looked like there was none of that. His movement looked really good. As you say, bouncing around loads. We didn't see any grappling. We didn't see any kind of like takedowns. We didn't see him, that I recall, taking a leg kick. Um, so those things, you know, that's... All still questions, I guess. 
But ultimately, I think the question I had the most was the movement. Is the mm. movement going to be hampered by that? Is he going to be a little bit slower or anything? And that didn't look the case at all. He looked his just hands like, are rapid. They are rapid, but it was the leg that was the focus. The knee was the focus, mm. and that looked on point. It looked like for for all we saw of you know one minute and ten seconds or whatever it is mm. that we saw of him in there, it looked good, and that- he can do no more. He never looks flustered either, does he? He always no. looks so calm. So and like, calm. You just, as soon as that started, you know, you, you're just watching him on his toes. And he was essentially boxing and the way he was moving about. Shoulders looked loose and it was just like, mm. this is not somebody coming back off of a big injury first round, in, you know, in front of everybody at the O2. He just looked so calm. And, and obviously that composure got him a very early finish. He done so well to grab that mic and just throw that out there. You know, I want the win. I'm going to be K-side for, for Garn Spivak. Mm-hmm. I want the winner. Then I want John Jones. And I mean, yep. also smart to avoid Pavlovich in them conversations. Um, I, I think that's a, I'm, I'm not saying Tom can't beat Pavlovich, but the road to John Jones, I think via the winner of Garn Spivak, I think could potentially be a, an easier route than Pavlovich on current form. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, I think also one thing to consider is, yes, Tybura is not at the level of Tom Aspinall and he's not at the level with a lot of the people that Tom Aspinall will need to beat to get to a title shot. However, you don't really see Tybura blitzed the way Tom did it. You, you Tybura is someone that can, you know, you can beat him, but he can make you look a bit worse than what you actually are because he can be tough. He can be really mm. tough. And uh, and Tom just absolutely mullered him. They were just levels and leagues apart from each other on that night. And I think that uh, there's something that needs to be mentioned a bit more. No, Tybura is not a top five heavyweight, but there's still a lot of people that have made themselves look worse through beating him. And Thomas Bill went out there and just smashed him in a minute. And I think mm. that says a lot about Tom. Um, call out was great. Like, like, yeah, by all means, say, you know, going to be cage side, uh, get a little trip to Paris, hopefully paid for by the UFC. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and fight the winner of Garn versus Spivak. I mean, I think he's already beat Spivak. Yes. Thomas Bill has already beat Spivak, hasn't he? So, you know, he, he knows he can win that fight. Cyril Garn, I'd rather see him fight Cyril. But I have to mm. say, Spivak is maybe not the easiest, um, what's the word, not, not the easiest stylistic matchup for Garn, given all of the um, holes we've seen in Garn's game on the ground. Because there's no secret to what uh, Sergei Spivak is going to want to try to do against Cyril Garn. He's going to want to just take him down and, yeah, just wear yeah. on him and, and, and get the get the submission or, or the ground and pound. Um, and mm. Garn needs to be way better at defending the takedowns from what we've seen mm. of him. Of, I mean, obviously, the, the Jones fight, but also the Ngannou fight and stuff like that. He's got to really keep this fight on its feet. So, um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But... Yeah, Spivak's on a nice little run. He'll have four in a row if he beats Gunn. So, you know, still a tough opponent. But the fact that 
that Tom beat him again in round one. Smashed him. Absolutely smashed him in about two and a half minutes. That makes you think, well, Tom will go into that fight if Spivak wins the heavy, heavy favourite. And then, obviously, we'll try and get a fight with John Jones. As you say, Pavlovich is out there. I don't know what's happening with him. He seems to be kind of free at the moment. I don't know if... It's it's so interesting to see what's going to happen with John Jones and Stipe after that fight because there's every possibility that John Jones beats Stipe and then says, right, I'm done for a while. I, you know, I've, I've beaten uh, Garn to win the belt and then I've beaten the uh, most, the wing, winningest heavyweight of all time in, in Stipe Miocic. There's not really anything else out there for me to do at the moment. None of these heavyweights coming through who are all very, very dangerous, but none of them are like huge money draws or anything. They're not going to make John Jones a packet of money. So he might just go, thanks very much. I'll vacate and I'll retire unless someone does something brilliant to, to bring me back. There's very, there's a huge possibility that he does that. And then you're saying, well, maybe it's Sergei Pavlovich versus, and then you could insert a few names. You know, yes, there's Tom Aspinall, the winner of uh, Spivak versus Garn. You've also got Curtis Blades taking on Jelton Almeida in mm. November, I want to say it is. Um, mm. So that's another big one. So... Heavyweight is the most exciting it's been for a really long time. This is a fantastic heavyweight division we've got going on at the moment. Tom beating the winner of Spivak Garn doesn't necessarily guarantee him a title shot when you've got the winner of Blades and Almeida and you've also got Pavlovich out there as well. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens and and what he does. But I think Aspinall, out of all of those heavyweights, has certainly got... Um, the charisma to be the one to keep John Jones around because, mm. you know, unfortunately there's language barriers with, with Pavlovich a bit and, and with Jelton Almeida um, and Curtis Blades is not the most charismatic of guys. Um, neither Spivak really. So, so and Garn has obviously already lost uh, two title fights in, in Garnu and, uh, and John Jones. So Tom Aspinall seems like the guy that's got a bunch of quick finishes, a great style, and he's good on the mic. He's, mm. he's someone that people warm to because he's really real. He's not got a gimmick. He's not fake. He's really yeah. real, and he's quite open. But also, he's pretty good on the mic. He grabs that mic and says, oh, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to beat John Jones. Mm. People want to hear that. And I think he's the guy. He's the only one out there, I think, of that top elite heavyweight kind of four or five, six that we're, we're talking about at the moment, that John Jones could go, okay, there might be some money in this fight. Mm. And Tom's the only one that can do it. So hopefully that's what happens next. But you never know. We might get a, uh, a an interim title or a, a vacant heavyweight title fight between, yeah. as I say, any of those few men that I've, I've Absolutely. mentioned. Okay. Well, look, let's move on to... Um... Uh, Stolyarenko's um, first round um, easy win over over Molly. Um, literally, I mean, yes, she she stopped her, uh, you know, with a specialist move. Um, tough night for Molly. Um, obviously, she walked out to the O2, you know, to a roar of of of, of fans. Um, she looked pumped for it. You know, she looked good in in in, in you know, over the media day and that and. 
I mean, there's not too much to say about this fight, really. I think, you know, everybody's seen it. It was a... a, a I mean, that's Molly now with two first-round losses due to submissions. Um, I did see online that she's now dropped a straw weight. Um, and he's I think that's a be... really good move. Yeah, well, she's always short, isn't she? She's always much, much sort of smaller than a lot of the people and in that division. not just short, but really lacking in reach. Really yeah. lacking in reach. And Stoliarenko was a bantamweight only a little while ago. Yeah. So, you know, she's fighting. She is at a massive disadvantage physically at flyweight. Um, so, yeah, if she can get the nutrition right and obviously not take anything off of her, her chin and durability due to the weight cuts, if she does it all all right, which I'm sure that she will, then... There's I, a good I, team I there. She, yeah, there is. And I, I, look I, I look, look how much they shred well. off a paddy. <laughs> Jesus, that's true, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if they're doing it for Paddy, they could do it for Molly, for sure. Um, and so, just quickly shout out Paddy, who's clearly not uh, ballooning up now. I think, he, you know, he said he's put a stop to all of that, and we see him at Media Day, and he looked lean, didn't he? He looked good. He looked lean. I think he mentioned to us about maybe trying to get back in December. No mm. opponent, as far as I'm aware, or anything. But I think he's, I think he's got December on his mind as a as a comeback fight for himself. Obviously, as long as that foot keeps healing and going well. So fingers crossed for for Paddy. I say he was very nice. We bumped into him. Uh... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. In the uh, fighter hotel, uh, he was hanging out with Molly and the rest of the um, next-gen team. Um, mm. I'm just looking up some Molly stuff now. I mean, she's 33 years old. It does get harder to cut weight as you get older, but I think she'll be able to do it all right. I think she'll be yeah. fine. And do you know what? I think I know who her first fight should be, in my opinion. And I'm going to put it out there. I think this would be a cracking fight. I think she deserves to fight someone ranked because she's such a big name. I know that not everyone will agree with that, but I think she absolutely should. And I think it would be an absolute cracker to see her fight another former guest of our show, Angela Hill. Yeah, I'm down with that. That's a great fight. 
I'd that's love a to really see good fight. You're not going to see many takedowns in that fight. It's going to be on the feet. It's going to be fun. And I think that would be a really great fight. Angela Hill, veteran, big name. Molly McCann, super fun fighter, massive name. Uh, I think that is a really cracking fight and could co-main event a fight night or be a decent fight on a little pay-per-view somewhere. I, I, I think they could do well with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, Nathaniel Wood versus Andre Touchy Feely. Um, I, I thought this was going to be fight of the night and it was very much up there for me as well. I, I think it delivered um, hugely. Um, it was, I thought, a very, very close fight. Um, I, I thought it, it, the decision, I think, could have gone either way and I wouldn't have been screaming robbery. Um, obviously, we're, we're very happy that Nathaniel got it. Um, there were some big I shots. I think he landing. clearly won it. Oh, okay. I, I, th- I thought it was. I, I, I thought it was round one clearly Nate, round two clearly Feely, and then round three. I think it was quite even up until towards the end. But but Nate clipped Feely with a couple of big. I think they were left hooks right towards the end of round three, and I thought that was made it unequivocally Nate's round for me. But I am maybe slightly biased because. I keep bumping into Nate every now and again, and I think he's a great guy. Like I saw him today. I saw him today. Mm. I did a, a thing for Fight Day Focus uh, for UFC, and Nate was there. We were talking about the upcoming UFC 291 card, which we will be doing an episode on straight after this. It'll be coming out very, very soon. If not, it's already out with this episode, UFC 291, Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier. Uh, and we were talking about that. And, uh, oh, mate, he's, he's got, like, a black eye, bruise on his ear, a cut on his uh, forehead, and his foot is massive. He's got like a proper mm. swollen up foot. He, I mean, I've never been face-to-face with a fighter so close to when they've just had a fight. I mean, he looks like... If, if I didn't know what he did and someone said, oh, what's up to you? And he went, oh, I've been in a little car accident or something like that, I'd be like, yeah, of course you have, mate. You look quite battered. Like, he, he did look like he was beat up quite a bit and uh and i think he's got a wedding coming up in a few weeks so i hope he heals up all right but, oh yeah um, he's getting married isn't he? yeah. he's getting married time to not congratulations to the future mr and mrs wood um but yeah so i i felt like he did clearly win the fight i mean it was close i'm not saying it wasn't close i wouldn't have been screaming robbery or anything because i think you it needs to be really bad for me to scream robbery but uh but yeah, I, th- I felt like he clearly won the fight, and um, I also felt like he should have got a bonus. I feel like I he, I, I I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I felt like D- Danny Roberts and uh, Johnny Parsons cracking fight, really fun, sort of old school UFC style in the end, just slugging it out. But in terms of the fight being that little bit more technical, but still having all the action-packed elements that you want in a fight, I think Wood versus Feely should have got the uh, the fifty k. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to argue with that. I thought, um, I thought Nate done really well with the the, the kind of the size difference. I, I, I thought when the the, the fight started, um, obviously we've seen uh, Nathaniel move up to to that division, um, and so he is going to be fighting naturally bigger boys, and uh, and it, and it, it looked apparent um, on that night. I thought Andre Philly looked like his reach was was was, was much bigger than than, than Nathaniel's, um, and he just looked bigger. You know, yeah. he just looked like, um, and but 
He's got some stone in their hands, Nathaniel, because uh, when, when he lands, he, he he knocks them on their ass, and and you know, and it was. I thought he was going to get the stoppage, like yeah. when he, he he swarmed him, and I thought this is going to be it. And yeah. and I think we was both sitting on our hands there, really wanting to clap and scream, but we oh, weren't allowed. I, I, <laughs> I had to really fight it with when we was fighting, but um, but yeah, he did because he got sat down on it very early mm. in that first round, and I was like, oh no, mm. and then. Uh, then he came back, as you say, clipped Feely and looked like he was about to finish him, which is why you mm. give that first round to Nate. And then in the second round, it was like Nate could have got finished, really. Feely yeah. was all over him for a bit. And you say third round was a bit more tightly contested and then Nate pulled it out of yeah. the bag towards the end. But yeah, Nate clearly hits harder than it looks like. Well, there is a size difference though, man. And like, Feely's big, but I don't know. I... It does make me slightly concerned about some of the matchups that Nate could have at Featherweight and how small he might look in comparison to some mm. of these fighters. He's saying speed kills and he's all about being quicker than his opponent. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. But uh So far so good. So far so good. Hey, you can't can't knock it at the moment. But uh yeah, you just you wonder, God is He's fighting these bigger guys consistently going to be good for you. Uh, I don't know. But then we know the weight cut isn't good for anyone either, and it's not good sure. for Nate. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know what the best thing to do with that is. But so far, three fights at featherweight, three wins. Can't complain. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. What was next? On to the bear, Drew. Oh, this, this was the one, wasn't it? This is when the O2 sort of erupted back into life a little bit. Yeah. And it was a really phenomenal display from Paul Craig. It started off as that kind of like kickboxing match between two guys that are predominantly grapplers and stuff. And I do feel like Paul Craig was, was getting the worst of that a little bit. He got clipped a couple of times. Um, and then it got interesting in round two when... I thought Paul Craig was about to get Paul Craig'd. He was on top of Muniz. Muniz locked up a triangle and it looked tight and it looked deep. And it just, it, I, I thought it was going to be over. I thought we were mm. going to see Paul Craig go to sleep or tap. I don't know how the hell he got out of it. Uh, I haven't watched it back on telly. I've only from when we watched it live and it happened on the other side of the cage. I couldn't believe he got out of it. Once he did, he got on top for a bit, rolls reversed, and then Muniz dropped a headbutt on him. And it didn't mm. look like a good one. There was a couple of headbutts that night, and sometimes they were seen and sometimes they weren't. That one, one was, was cheeky. That, that was frustration, I think. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But it was, it was seen by the ref. Could have taken a point off of Muniz, really. Mm. Didn't, but he did stand and back up. And Paul just went, ah, oh, fuck this. <laughs> We're going to go now. And then just, again, a takedown that looked like a rugby tackle more than anything Fantastic. else. He just yeah. smushed him down. The crowd and, went mental when he got that takedown. They did. And then he just elbowed the shit out of him. And, uh, yeah, got the finish. Phenomenal. And what a cool celebration. Just there, mm. sat, looking around, going, yep. <laughs> I just smashed his blood on his face. Just like, yep, I'm the man. I just smashed this guy. Um, so, yeah, welcome to the middleweight division, uh, Paul Berdew. Craig called out Bo Nickel. What do you think of that? Um, also, congratulations, because obviously now I've got a number next to his name. You know, moves to middleweight, and already he's ranked now. It's fantastic. Um, also, massive props to Paul Craig, because chatting to him on media day, just rocked up on his skateboard. 
Yes. Loving that shit. <laughs> Loving that. <laughs> Loving that. Um, I think Bo Nickel's an interesting one. Um, because, I mean, looking at Bo Nickel's last outing, his, his striking looks pretty decent, you know. Um, mm. he, he made a bit of a, a, a statement with that striking. Yes, he's the, the, the UFC's golden boy at the moment, it seems. Um, I don't know why he made that call. I, I think there's other fighters in that division that that he could fight that would probably... I don't know. Do you think it would rank, you know, zoom him up the rankings if he beats Bo Nickel? I don't think beating Bo Nickel would take him up the rankings simply because uh, Bo Nickel is unranked. But what I do think it does is it gives him a a huge name and it gives him a, a huge kind of like what they call the rub. You know, the, the, yeah. he, he takes some of that that star power off of um, off of Bo Nickel, and I think that is potentially a really really great thing to be able to if he can stop the hype train that is Bo Nickel. I I think we could be looking at a really really great great thing for Paul Craig. I think off the back of that, we will see uh, Paul Craig. So I'm just quite trying to look something up now just to see if I'm right about something. But I think we'll see Paul Craig getting a lot of uh, uh, bigger matchups uh, and um, being able to uh, to go. Sorry, I'm trying to look up the weight class of. Um, uh, Bo Nickel's previous opponent because I heard someone say that he spent some time at lightweight and he did look considerably smaller than Bo Nickel but that is not what I'm seeing when I'm looking at topology right now uh, because you were talking about his striking I don't know how good Bo Nickel's striking really is it looks like he hits hard the guy who was fighting Val Woodburn certainly was a fair amount smaller than Bo Nickel Paul Craig wouldn't be that he'd be a lot longer and rangier and Bo Nickel would have to get into range on him a bit I don't know. And obviously his jiu-jitsu could potentially cancel out some of the wrestling. I think it'd be an interesting fight for sure. And I think that, uh, as I say, Paul Craig beating a bow nickel then means Paul Craig gets to main event a card next, or he gets to uh, be really high up on a, a pay-per-view outside of just like the UK or something like that. Cause I think he, he will get, uh, get the rub off of that. And, and I don't know not, that it's um, going to happen though. And okay. I, I think I think I've got an idea who I'd like to see him fight next because I would like to see him move up the rankings because I just think he puts on such exciting fights and obviously again, I'm calling Jack Manson. That's the fight I want. That is basically what my idea was. Uh, oh, was it? Yeah, because to be fair, everything else is taken up. Like mm. I think Imovov's got a fight booked. Gastelum's dropping down to fight Shavkat, as far as I'm aware. Brendan Allen has he got? F- even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry shampoo, Chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Buy it booked? I think he has, but I'm not... Yeah, I'm sure he's... I'm sure he... Is he? No, he's not fighting this weekend. um, He's got a fight booked, definitely. I feel like he's got a fight booked. Um, Yeah, so I I, I think a lot of them are are booked up. Costa's fighting um, uh, Hamzat. Sean Strickland's fighting for the belt, I think, next. So. Yeah, so uh, I think Paul Craig versus Hermanson, I think would be a really good fight. I'd like to see that. Otherwise, he might have a situation where he has to defend his position and fight backwards. But I kind of think Paul Craig's getting on a bit now. He's paid his dues. He's had a lot of big fun fights. I'd like to see him push forward in the rankings and and fight someone above him. But we'll have to wait and see what he does. But certainly, he was a big, big plus on that London card. And without him... I don't know what the atmosphere would have been like going into some of those later fights. I think he really picked things up for us. Um, and and to, to, to quote Paul as well, he's not done it like heavyweight. You know, he said that, no. that you know he wants to fight between the two divisions. So um, and obviously he's you know he, he, he come unstuck recently at, at that weight class. But make no mistake, the people at the top of that tree, they've all got losses on their record, and it's to Paul Craig. So yeah. I think there's 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 some exciting things that could always happen further down the line there, and just great to see a, a big win uh, for the Bear Jew. He's a, a top top lad. Um, okay, well there's a few more fights I guess we should talk about. I know we got a, we was going to keep this one relatively um, concise and then move on to uh, recording two nine one and have a big sort of deep dive on that card. But I mean we saw um, we, we saw Jai um, have a tough night in the office um, and. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a. Bit, I just think uh, Zyme just seemed to just be a little bit sharper. I thought, and just seemed to just get the the, the, the better of the, uh, the the better of the exchanges. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just thought it was a bit of a. I didn't think it was the most exciting fight either. Um, and, no, uh, and I and I just uh, yeah. And I think <laughs> when it got to the end, I, I did think to myself, I'm not sure if. If Jai's got the nod here, and uh, unfortunately come up short. I've got on my notes that I scored it for Jai. I, I thought round two was a tricky one to score for me for some reason, but I think I got round three Jai, round one Ziam, and round two I leant towards Jai. But I, again, I wasn't screaming yeah. robbery. I, I wasn't complaining about the decision at all. There was a decision I was complaining about, though, uh, and that was the Davy Grant fight. Mm. I felt, to to me... It felt like Davy Grant clearly won rounds one and rounds three. 
and Marcos I gave round two. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was I was very surprised by Marcos getting the nod there. I felt like David Grant won that fight. Yeah, yeah, I I, I, I totally agree. Um, and and I think Davy looked very very surprised at that. Um, yeah, I felt 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 a bit sorry for Davy Grant, uh, happiest man in UFC. Um, I mean, obviously we see another win. Um, for uh, uh, a one four five for the other prospect that we've got apart from uh, Nathaniel and, and and that's Larone. We saw Larone get the uh, decision um, yeah. again. I didn't think that was the most exciting fight. Um, I, I thought it was a competent, you know, um, display by Larone. Well, I don't think you know, particularly in the third round. Yeah, yeah, um, got a ten eight, I, I think, in that round from from one judge. But. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'd be interested to see because you know there was there was some stuff that that, that was said in the press conferences on media day that in, in some places I thought was a little unjust and, and a little weird that it kind of sort of baited Larone um, and yeah. without giving him the full context of of, of what Nathaniel had said um, and and I, and I think Larone bit at that which which was a shame because it was he was he was misled there because. Um, because uh, Nathaniel said uh, he, that the full sentence wasn't given to Larone, um, and I and I think well, just to, you to know, highlight that, that because I don't I feel like people would be like, what are you talking about? There? Sorry, so yeah. okay, so Nathaniel, what what happened? What? Go on, do you want to say it? So, so yeah, so so what happened was um, that they were talking about the, the Twitter exchanges, uh, and Nathaniel at one point said, "Oh, you know," and some of the stuff you know people around me were saying, "You, well, you could go legal with that," and he said, "Of course I wouldn't." And, you know, that's not what I'm about. You know, I'm not going to do that. And then when Larone come to do his media, correct me if I'm wrong, Blake, um, they went, uh, so, you know, Nathaniel was talking about going legal about some of the stuff that you'd said and just left it at that. And I just thought, and then Larone was like, what? And it just felt yeah, that he wasn't given the fact that Nathaniel was laughing almost at the the ridiculousness of that as if he's going to ever do that yeah. and and it felt that he, the full context of that that comment you know that Nathaniel's reaction wasn't really made clear to Larone and it and it just I I, I didn't like it I, I I thought it was it it was a bit baity to to, to fire I up Larone like and it. it and it worked I, I didn't like it either I think they knew what they were doing um uh, but the the good thing as far as I'm aware is I spoke to a, I don't necessarily want to name names but I spoke to a few people behind the scenes uh, that know the fight as well and kind of know the media quite well as well, as far as I'm aware. And they were saying they spoke to Larone and they showed him the actual clip. And even wow. Larone tweeted something out being like, oh, like I'm never trusting you guys again or something like that. And it was clearly sort of aimed towards some of the media that were in that room that were clearly there just trying to stir the pot rather yeah. than kind of actually talking about the facts. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of it, I suppose. The thing is, me and you are doing this for fun, effectively. We're not really yeah. earning much money off of it. We're doing this because we we enjoy it. It's a passion for us, and we get this incredible opportunity to go to the events and talk to Bruce Buffer and all these kind of moments where we're loving that aspect of it. We're just fans, just lucky and, and doing well off of that. Other people, it's their job. And if they if they don't get a certain amount of clicks maybe on their website, then maybe they don't get as much money or something. I'm not sure. I don't know how all that works, but that's maybe how it works. So they are, 
you know, it's better for them, I guess, if they are something slightly salacious in order to get a response that will get the clicks. We're not those people. We don't have that. So, yeah, Yeah. so I I don't want to badmouth them too much or anything, but, yeah, I certainly wasn't a fan of that, and it did feel a little bit underhanded. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we should mention the Danny Roberts fight because if you've not watched the prelims, uh, then then go and watch them because if you want to see, you know, a couple of guys just literally bite down on their gum shields and throw, uh, I mean, Parsons' chin is made of stone. Um, Go give it a watch because, uh, yeah, it was... uh, it was a wild, uh, as Blake said, a wild kind of old school like brawl. Um, the Sluggernaut is a really good and apt s- nickname. So the good. Sluggernaut. So good. Um, we saw the debut from Ireland's uh, Sean O'Bannon, and things didn't really go to plan. Um, it wasn't the ideal start, I'm sure. Sean was wanting. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, very early on on the card, and uh, and, and and didn't get the didn't get the win to, to kick off her UFC career. But like I say, it's early doors. She's young. She's got plenty of uh, good people around us. So I'm sure we'll see her back and uh, and and, uh, and and getting a W. Um, anything else you want to talk about on that card? Well, I mean, I we saw big Mick Parkin, didn't we? Mick Parkin got a win on his debut. Good for him. Only 7-0, and uh, uh, only 27. Um, we had the situation with Joel Alvarez and Mark Casey. Mark Casey seems to be coming back really well in that second round. Then there was a clash of heads. I don't think it was intentional, but mm. Joel Alvarez did headbutt Mark Casey. He was gesturing to the ref to say, look, this has happened. The ref was like, I didn't see it. Keep fighting. Very quickly after that, Joel Alvarez finishes Mark Casey. Uh, definitely impacted the fight. Um, and I think there's a, there's a case for that being a no contest. But, you know, that hasn't... Uh, that hasn't happened as far as I'm aware yet, but we'll see if, if Mark Casey appeals. I think he's definitely got, uh, you know, a case there. And then on top of that, it'd be wrong of us not to mention the Vieira Pani Kianzad fight because Vieira ranked six, Kianzad ranked, I think, seven. Vieira wins. Bantamweight title picture is kind of wide open in a lot of ways. The only problem is. I don't think Vieira has done herself, herself any favours with that win because it was so boring. Mm, it was a very, so very dull fight. And, yep. you know, you're not punching your ticket to a title fight with with wins like that. I mean, look, win's a win. Got to get it. Get that, you know, get that W on the board. But it's it's just the way the UFC works. If, if that a fight like that is not going to do you any favours when you're talking about potentially co-main event in a pay-per-view event for a title down the line that's not going to do you any favors so have to mention it because they're highly ranked fighters and it's right to mention it but the performance was by no means a standout it was uh it was very forgettable absolutely um one of the the, the things i just want to sort of finish on um is obviously you know when, when all the action's done and everybody leaves the o2 um we're lucky enough to sort of slip backstage and and then sit in and, and be part of the media interviews and get to sort of fire some questions and and I don't know the gentleman's name that was sort of representing the UFC that night that, that was doing the kind of stuff that Dana normally does. I believe um, it's Dave talk- Shaw, but I might be making that up. Okay, okay, and he was sort of you know generally when Dana would come and tell you who the bonuses go to and such and attendance and and all the box office information like this this guy come out and then obviously just threw the questions out and I. 
thought you through a fantastic question in when you said um, we saw that Michael Venom Page was cage side this evening uh, and he's a free agent. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on that? And, you know, are the UFC interested? And, and kind of put him on the spot. And I think, you know, he, he alluded to the fact that, well, I think we are. Like, why, yeah. why wouldn't we be? And uh, so I know we spoke about that last week, you know, we, 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 you know, what's next for MVP. So it would appear that, you know, from what we heard that night, that maybe the UFC are interested in, in MVP. And, uh, but I guess there's interest and then there's, Pound notes, isn't it? And I suppose he's got to yeah. see what what they put on the table. But um, I, I, I but mean, yeah. it'd be crazy not to be interested. It's just how interested yeah. compared to yeah. say a PFL or a one championship, someone that's yeah. going to throw money at him potentially. But hey, UFC is 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 where you know the the legacy could be and the the big fame and, and fandom and following on Instagrams that when you retire, you can still get your sponsorships and all that kind of stuff. That's where the UFC come in. He's probably earned a decent wage at Bellator. Mm. Maybe he'll go, do you know what? Even if I take a slight pay cut, better to go to the UFC and try really try my hand there just to know, could I have hung at the highest level? He's only, he's 36 now. Can he hang in a high level division that's full of top wrestlers? I don't mm. know. But uh, but for sure, I would love to see MVP in the UFC. And on top of that, just to tie this in with our UFC 291 card, there's Wonderboy Thompson versus Michelle Pereira on that card. The winner of that, welcoming MVP to the UFC, would be absolutely outstanding. I would love that so much. Um, so, yeah, so tune into our UFC, pre-UFC 291 episode next. It should be out now as well. You can get a load of that. Absolutely. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss our Bruce Buffer episode that will be coming very soon as well. Also, um, who else have we got coming out? Episodes with... Kaylin Lochran. Yes, yes. So, um, who's now signed to the now UFC. Signed, as, you know, this is the, the problems with doing things the way we sometimes do it. We get great interviews with guests. Uh, we save them for a week or two uh, because, you know, we're trying to put out one a week and then uh, they reveal some massive news that they didn't on the show. It's a fantastic chat. We talk about how Caelan got into MMA, you know, winning the Cage Warriors belt in Rome in enemy territory. Uh, and we talk a little bit about what's kind of next for him in a bit of a, a, a wider sense. Um, but it's kind of pre the UFC announcement. So there's a little bit in there where he's sort of playing a bit coy, not telling us too much because I think he was holding that in his back pocket. But it's still a really great chat. So when that episode comes out, please do give that a listen as well. And get to know Kaelin Lochran, I suppose now former Cage Warriors bantamweight champion and now UFC bantamweight. Absolutely. Right, we'll be back next time. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I don't know. What should I do in the meantime? Well, click on to the next episode, UFC 291, mate. Exactly, mate. Bye. Bye.